Welcome to Crone Life Joy Reboot Podcast, revolutionising how cisgender, trans women and AFAB non-binary individuals over 40 experience midlife, menopause and ageing. I'm your host, Pia Antico, a Crone Life Joy Reboot Mentor, founder of Essential Awakening Mentoring, a number one international best-selling author and public speaker, who at 50 is a late-in-life queer, neurospicy, three deaths before 30, two abusive marriages and major head injury life rebuilder. Welcome, Crone listeners. Today I am excited to be able to speak with our guest, Paige Park. Paige has been on a journey, thriving in all areas of health, mental, physical, emotional and spiritual well-being. It started about 20 years ago when she was searching for solutions for her physical health. Over the years, her journey has morphed to put her on a different path in life. Currently, she's a yoga teacher and uses these principles in her life to create harmony in all areas. Keeping a gratitude journal has created a huge mental and emotional shift in how she handles adversity when it comes her way. Today, Paige and I will be talking about the beauty in grief. Paige has said, grief has no timeline. We all have our own journey through it. Welcome, Paige. Thank you. It's such a joy to be here and to share with you and all of the clones. Thank you. So we were having a good old natter before the official <laughs> recording started. Yes, um, we were. <laughs> so let's bring our listening audience into speed with what was going on beforehand. We were discussing the complexities of facing grief in our life, from yes. parents to siblings to partners to divorce to the whole kit and caboodle. What has your experience been about that? Um, my The bulk of my grief journey started about 10 years ago this month with the finalization of my divorce. Um, and it was a time of, I needed to rediscover who I was because I lost myself in my marriage as happens so often <laughs> with women, we lose ourselves in our marriage and our partnership. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, raise a hand. Yeah, two, two of those, everyone, yeah, raise your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Right. right. Um, and about five months after the finalization of my divorce, my mother was diagnosed with a glioblastoma multiform, which is a type of brain tumor that sends fingers into the brain tissue. And so when they go to resect, it's not like a ball that they can just pull the whole thing out. They have to dig into the brain tissue a little bit, but they can't get all of it because it's like tucked in there really good. Um, they're very aggressively growing and don't respond to much of any, like any traditional cancer types of treatments. So they don't really mm. tend to respond to radiation or chemotherapy or any of those kinds of standard things. Um, 
And so she was diagnosed with a tumor. She was having memory issues. She thought she was, um, she thought she had dementia, Oh, okay. um, but she really had this, this tumor was because she had like loss of vision. So there was mm-hmm. a certain point where she couldn't see until you were like right in front of her. So she lost some peripheral vision because of the area okay. of the brain, the tumor was in. And then, um, she was having some short term, she had short term memory loss. Okay. Um, so it was all of her long-term was fine. It was really interesting. She knew like who I was, who my brothers were, Mm -hmm. who everyone was until about the day she died. She kind of went, um, uh, (laughs) what's the word? (laughs) Not catatonic, but she kind of went, she just kind of shut down and stopped talking, I guess would be a better way that of would make it. I guess that would make sense as the body um, but she to shut she, down yeah she did kind of have a moment um the day she passed away that evening but sometime during that day where she was like awake ish yeah and was able to kind of know by name who was around her bed and be able mm-hmm. to have a little bit of coherent conversation but otherwise it was there wasn't a lot of the last couple of days there wasn't hardly any coherent yeah. conversation yeah. Um, there actually wasn't a lot of coherent conversation the last several weeks, but it was more yeah. that you would have the same conversation 10 times because her short-term memory was so bad. Just go. Yeah. You'd be sitting yeah. there at three o'clock in the afternoon and she'd be like, is it morning or night? <laughs> Mom, three o'clock in the afternoon. Can you see the sun coming through the window? Like, I mean, she just lost all sense of day yeah. and time and yeah, everything. Um, and then in the middle of that, so my brothers, I have two older brothers and my brothers and I were caring for both parents. Yeah. Um, so my father had been diagnosed with Parkinson's shortly after he retired, which was probably about yeah. seven or eight years. Maybe I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. how long, but several years prior to my mom's diagnosis. So mom was dad's caregiver. Yeah. Wow. So all yeah. of a sudden, yeah we're caring for both well at the same time because dad has problems and needs he has doctor's appointments he doesn't he's stubborn as the day is long does not like (laughs) and i say this my dad and i had a great relationship so i say this with deep affection um did not like to use his walker yeah yeah and so you know he wrapped himself around a kitchen chair and broke like six ribs. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Um, we actually, at one point when he, that happened, my mom, when she had treatments, um, so she ended her radiation and a week after her last radiation appointment, she ended up in the hospital for two weeks. Yeah. We thought it was possible that we were going to lose her then. Um, mm-hmm. that same time period, my dad wrapped himself around the kitchen so chair, bad. broke six ribs. He's on one floor of the hospital. She's on another floor of the hospital. We're like, what do we do with this? Like, it was so overwhelming. You just end up in this go and do mode. Yeah. That you're just responding and reacting to everything that's in front of you. Yeah. Um, And I did that for years. I did it for three years, um, caring for both parents And then another couple of years later, dealing with mom and dad's estate. And then, so my dad passed away two years after my mom, 
And then we dealt with all of the estate. And once we got all that done, my oldest brother moved to Florida and was living on a boat and he passed away two years after my dad. Wow. So it was probably about six, eight months, I think, after we got the estate settled that he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit longer, might've been a year, but I don't think so. Cause mm-hmm. I think it took us about a year and a half, a year, year and a half. No, it took us about a year to finalize the estate. So yeah, it was about mm-hmm. a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then we had to deal with all of like, he didn't have a will. He didn't have anything. And so yeah. my oldest, my other brother and I were like going through trying to figure out what to do with this and how to take care of that. And after we had just finished taking finished care of mom and dad. So one of the things like you, you talk about like people dying, but we don't often talk about like a caring for the parents and being no. like, what happens, what happens after the death? Because there's yes. a whole other grieving process that happens after when you're taking care of the estate and setting up the funeral and doing all of those kinds of things. Like my parents had lived in their house for over 50 years Wow, for around okay. 50 years. And so yeah. like my brothers and I had to like, clean out our childhood home. And how did you deal with that? How, how I guess from these experiences how, how did you negotiate with your siblings for caring for your parents when they weren't well? And then how did you well, navigate? I was, I was in charge. You're in charge. I was in charge, okay. basically. Um, my, and there were occasions where we didn't agree. Um, there was okay. one point we moved my mom into nursing care, into a yep. nursing home. Um, my dad was under the same roof as my mom in assisted living. So they were in the giant building, but he was in one part, she was in another, so he could walk to go see her without having to, it was good. It was good to have them in the same place and under the roof. And my mom hated it. And she kept going, I want to go home. 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 And my brothers were like, okay, let's take her home. And I'm like, I I can't care. Like, I can't do this anymore. I need yeah. to be daughter, yeah. not caregiver. I want, I need nurses to be caregiver. And so I priced out what it would cost to have in-home care that we were yeah. getting at the nursing facility for them. And I was like, we can't like, no, we're going to burn through. My dad have had a really good retirement account. So we had yeah. a fair amount of money to deal with. Like, but we're yeah. going to burn. We don't know how long anything's going to last. No, no. We are going to no. burn through this money really fast if we do full-time in-home care, because we need someone 24 seven. Yeah. And then my brother's ex-wife decides she's going to come in and live and help caregive for my mom. And then you start talking to her and she's like, well, I can only be there like this day and this day for these hours. And it wasn't full-time. Like it wasn't what we Yeah. Needed. Then that's not 24 seven. Yeah. It was yeah. like, yeah. A couple of hours, a couple of days a week. And it's like, no. No, you're not getting he it. Needs to so, so how did you know how, how did you navigate that? Because That's I'm sure that experience impossible. is very common oh in my gosh, families. <laughs> I got a phone call from my brothers. We're moving her home. Da, da, da. And my blood pressure just shot through the roof. Cause I was like, we just got her moved in. 
yeah. I can't go back to this caregiving role. Like we're ca- still caregiving, but I can't go back no, to that no, other it's role. Like, I want to be yeah. daughter, not. And we had had a social worker kind of come in and work with us. Um, okay. And I told yeah. the boys, I was like, I'll run the numbers. And so I ran yeah. the numbers and I went here, this is how much it's going to cost. Yeah. And then they got all excited because my former sister-in-law said that she'd come move in and da 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 which really ended up not being move in and then the more we talked to her the more everything just kind of it naturally fell apart which was really good so I didn't have to lay my hand down I mean I did a couple of times yeah I was number one on the call list my middle brother was number two and then my oldest brother was number three yeah Um, yeah but I had I think medical decisions were between the three of us yeah. It had to be like yeah. a consensus, but also there oh. were occasions where I kind of went in and was like, no, this is not what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody and, and how are you all now? Huh? How are you all now as siblings uh, um, after, in the aftermath? My, the middle brother and I get along really well. My oldest brother passed away. Passed away. So, yeah. He passed away two years after my father. So he's. Yeah. And he and I were not okay. Um, We. He was 10 years older than I am. um, Mm. And he had this, like, he was in charge of me kind of opinion, I think. Yes. He's like big brother. Big brother. Yeah. Um, And he, we just didn't, we didn't get along. From yeah. the time I was fairly young, um, mm. probably 11 or 12 is when we started really, but when I was 11 or 12, so he would have been, yeah. he was 10 years older. He would have been 21, 20. 22. Um, yeah. And, you know, he would come in and he would say something. And within five minutes, like I was mad and out of the room. He was also an addict and an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, he used very regularly. He was dry for a little while, clean, dry. He was really, it was dry. He wasn't clean. Um, cause he was yeah, kind of a I dry, can see the difference. Yeah, yeah. He was kind yeah. of a dry drunk. Like he hadn't gone through, um, he just stopped drinking. He hadn't done any mental, emotional work to go work. with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and somewhere in the middle of, and he'd been clean for probably about five years. Uh, Because he had cirrhosis of the liver. Um, And so he had to, in order to even be considered for like a liver transplant or anything, like he had to stop drinking. Yeah. Um, And in the middle of everything with my mom, he started drinking again. I don't exactly know when, like I didn't live with him. Yeah. I did for a little while, but I didn't during that time period. Yeah. Um, So he had already started drinking again when I moved into, he was living in our childhood home and I moved in to help start cleaning it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When mom and dad were moved into assisted, well, it was after my mom passed away when my dad was living in assisted living. Yes, yes. If that makes sense. <laughs> so it's like in that time period. Yeah, in that time frame. Yeah, yeah. Which was also hard. It was weird to live in my parents' house. Mm. And I was in the master bedroom which was really strange. So like I was Ooh. in my parents' room. I moved my furniture, moved their furniture out. I was going to say, yeah, would you be sleeping in their bed? No, that no, 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 no. No, 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 no,
That was, yeah, I was going to say that would be kind of weird. Yeah. yeah. We sold their furniture. <laughs> when I did yeah. that, like I sold a lot of their furniture during that time period um, so that I could put my stuff in because yeah. I had a full, I mean, I had a full house of furniture on my own. Yeah. 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 But yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of been an interesting journey, like going through that caregiving well and then so like I said I had um I was right in the middle of when all this happened I was mm -hmm. like rediscovering who I was yes yes and then I was divorced. thrust then I was yeah. thrust into this caregiver role where you know I'm taking care of mom and dad I I took every, I ended up taking everything on and I know like my old my the brother right ahead of me the middle brother the middle child <clears throat> yeah. I could have asked anything I would ask him to do. He would do it. Like he was really cool about stuff. Okay. But, but he wasn't me, taking the the initiative thinking. He wasn't taking the initiative thinking, but he would help yeah. out in any way asked. Like he was really good yeah, about it. But you that. still got to do the, 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 uh, but you still have to explain love. to him how to yes. do the thing that you want him to do. And sometimes it's yes. easier just to do the thing than to explain to him how to do the thing. So clearly this happens not just in marriages, but in, <laughs> in many relationships with yeah. men, since yeah. men. Yeah, 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 yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah, yeah it, was, it was frustrating at times because I could have used help. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it just, there were, I was working full time and yeah. I organized, got to the point where I was organizing all of their doctor and therapy appointments which was a lot. Yeah. Um, I yeah. was organizing. I was paying all the bills. I took that one on first. Wow. So I was paying all the bills because I, my brother got really overwhelmed. He was living in the house with my mom and dad. This is my oldest brother. Older brother. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the one who passed away. So he's living in the house with mom and dad and he's like really overwhelmed with all of it. Of course. Mm. I mean, it's overwhelming. It, it is. He, he, yeah. He also is a little dramatic. Um. <laughs> just, a lot but <laughs> really dramatic um, <laughs> and so it was my I'm a classroom teacher by day and it yeah. was my um Christmas break and I said look wow. our other brother was out of town I'm like you go stay at Reed's house I'll come home I'll take care of mom and dad and I realized the mail wasn't being gone through and there wow. were stacks mom this yeah. was just December this was after Christmas so late December Mom had her surgery um, mid-October. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we had like oodles of like hospital bills. And fortunately, the bills for like the house were on auto pay. So Good. like the yeah. water yeah. and the <laughs> telephone yeah. and the yeah. all of those things were being taken care of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had taken over paying some of the bills prior to that. Like. Yeah. their credit card I was paying there were a couple of other things but the mail wasn't being gone through so like those hospital bills and those kinds of things weren't being addressed at all yeah, yeah. and we realized what happened so mom and dad's mom would go through the mail first because she was the one that paid the bills and then she Hang on, mom and dad's pay. mom did you say mom and dad's mom Mom. No, my mom would go through. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say no. you had a great grandparent still alive. Wow, oh, that's gosh. so cool. <laughs> grandparents, grandparents passed away a long time ago. 
yeah. Um, yeah. I lost my last grandparent in 1993. Yeah, 89 for me. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. My grandma was a tough old bird. She hung on for a long, for a few years after that. For a year, my um, dad's oh. mom died in 1988, and then my mom's mom died yeah. in 1993. Like she was, she was a tough broad. She was. Um, she was. <laughs> oh. Um. So no, my mom would look through the bills, and then she would yeah. look through the mail, and she would take the bills, and she had a system for that, and then she would yeah. hand the mail, the rest of the mail, to my dad for him to go through. Well, she wasn't yeah. going through her part of the mail, so no, dad wasn't okay, going yeah. through the so dad wasn't going through the mail at all. <laughs> <laughs> three months of mail piled up. Wow, that nobody wow. was looking at. Wow, was that hard? Uh, I guess the, the thing that pops to mind. I mean, everyone's in a, you know, our listeners are in different locations around the world, but for those that are in the US, uh, particularly. Uh, what did you have to do to just out of sheer curiosity and maybe practical advice for those that are listening going through something like this? What did you have to do? Was it hard to figure that out and take control it of everything? Really, no, it really wasn't. No. It came, I, I'm, I'm a teacher by trade. Yeah. And so taking charge and taking over things comes very naturally to me. <laughs> yeah so yeah it was just like I saw what needed to be done and I was like okay well I guess we need yeah, to do this to do and so I just started going through like I started going through the mail and I pulled the bills and then I handed dad his things and we just skipped mom um <laughs> yeah 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 and then yeah. I ended up like organizing and taking care of all that but I would work with because at that point my dad was still very much alert and with it and so yeah. I would yeah. talk to them and kind of work with them on it, but I took care of it, if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And Until, negotiating yeah. with organizations and, and hospitals. And, and is that something that is e uh, easy for uh, children, the grown up children to step into for their parents? Are there red tape, like red tape wise and things like that? Was Did you find that um, a struggle as far to do that? as like power of attorney and that kind of stuff? Okay. Yep. They had it set up. Um, okay. And my dad, they changed it very early. So it was originally my middle brother. Um, and then when I started taking things over, my dad was like, okay, we need to go and update some things. So let's update yep. you as power of attorney and they gave me I think we did that actually we did that after mom died um mm, but mm. mom and dad gave me like authority to use their bank account yeah um and it was very easy to do there was like a little form to fill out and they just added me to the account yeah so and this is a discussion like, that I, I I guess we uh adult it's something children that, need to be having with their parents yes. before things get to tricky right I guess yeah way yeah. before things get because we had we had this conversation um I started the conversation after my mom's surgery and it should yeah. have happened years before yes. and I yeah. know there was yeah. some but then I was like sitting there visiting with my mom and dad in the hospital and I was like I don't like if something happens to them I don't know where things are I don't know what to do like, I don't know yeah. 
you know, where, and found out they had a living trust or they had a trust, they had a living will, mm. they had, they had mm. everything laid out. Um, it was just a matter of knowing where those documents were and how to access them. So having that conversation of, do you mm. have this set up first of all? And if you do like, and they were very planned out, like it was very yeah. easy to step in. Um, yeah, it yeah. was it was all laid out for us as far as medical concerns and what they wanted and their wishes. You just had to read the document. Yeah. Um, Which is fabulous that that, that they did. But as you said, having the conversation is, that's the the first confrontation of of death and dying uh, as, as adult children, I guess that we need to, to face in order to broach such a conversation and then the par- in your case, your parents were organized. Uh, I, I'm sure there are parents out there that they themselves don't want to deal or haven't thought to deal with these well, issues. And then that yeah. living will, like you have to take that and give it to the hospital because it has all of the yeah. information. It has, because my parents had a DNR. So it has like the do not resusc- resuscitate yeah. order yeah. in there. It has. And so I had, I carried copies with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, during this yeah. time period, because, you know, I never knew when something was going to happen. It was not unusual for me to get two or three o'clock in the morning phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that my dad had fallen and needed yeah. some sort of care. Um, wow. This got me thinking. Yeah, definitely. Both for myself and, and, and for my, my parents that are. Uh, well both well both well in their own respective ways and out in the world independently but time is marching on and it is those conversations to be had wow yes so then how did you um how did you settle yourself within you first in order to then also uh broach those questions that we we clearly need to be asking. I just started our asking. It started, kind of yeah. hit me, and I just was like, "Okay, guys, like we need to talk about like who's going to take care of." Because when mom was in the hospital, like she's the one that took care of all the bills and everything. Yeah, so she's in this. Like she was relearning. I don't necessarily know that she was relearning to write, but like she was relearning mm-hmm. some things. She was relearning how to tell time. She was relearning. Wow! Wow! Just yeah. because of the short-term memory loss in yeah. her yeah. brain after the surgery. Um, so she had a pretty intense, I liken it to a traumatic brain injury. I mean, it's yes. really what it was yeah. because they yeah. dug into the brain tissue. Yeah. Um, and so me knowing that those were the things that my mom took care of, I was like, oh, this was not anything that I had thought about prior to, prior to surgery, but also her surgery was four days after her diagnosis. Yeah, well, she yeah. had issues over the weekend, remembering some things. A friend of hers encouraged her to go to the doctor. She went to the doctor on Monday. They sent her immediately for an MRI that day. Got the MRI. Read the MRI was read. Results were given either that day or the next day, and she had surgery on Thursday. Well, yeah. So yeah. it was very, very it was quick. Very quick. Yeah. Very quick. Yeah. 
So things can change so fast. So that's why you want to have those conversations. Things in before. place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I thought, I mean, I was, I was 43. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was 43. I didn't know. I didn't even think about having those conversations with my mom at that time. Or, and yeah. Dad. Yeah. And as you said, and, it probably should have even been a lot earlier. So really yeah. maybe potentially in your, in your thirties. Yes. I mean, well, and my parents were my parents were older too, so okay, yeah, yeah. Then most of because most most of my friends haven't lost parents, but okay, maybe yeah. they've lost one parent and not both parents. Both, okay. Um, so yeah, my mom was seventy eight when she passed away, and my dad was eighty. That's not really to me that in our day. That's not that old to me. It it isn't to me. Either. It's not really. It really isn't. It's not. My mom's seventy eight. My dad's eighty six. Yeah, and they're still flooding. Uh, I mean, yeah. I I kind of. My mum's dad passed when he was seventy two, and that's going back to 20, 30 years ago now. You know, was, yeah, I'm fifty one. So I mean, really, when you think about it, it's not that to me. That's not old, old. Oh, no, it's not know, old like old. That, that, it's not like they're 90 they could have still you know. had yeah they could have easily still had life ahead of them if yes so so yeah having these, having these conversations with our parents um what I guess maybe even if you start having these conversations when we as uh the grown-up children maybe hit hit our mid-20s I guess yeah could be the time to start having these conversations well and truly before yeah gosh yes come to think of it our parents were our our age ones yeah you know late 40s and 50s and stuff oh my god um yeah so having those conversations with them when they are when they are our age now kind of thing yeah is kind of important definitely so from these experiences, um, and I, I, I do want to uh, maybe ask you to maybe speak on the comparative grief experience and healing from it between the grieving of your parents who you had a, a, a wonderful relationship with and to the grieving of your older brother who you had a difficult relationship with and, and yeah. If there was a difference in how our listeners can um, navigate the varying experiences of grief, maybe. Yeah, it's hard to say if there was a difference. Um, yeah, okay. When I completed yeah, that six-year time span, my nervous system was a mess. <laughs> six years. Wow. Six years. Yeah. Wow. From the wow. Day, yeah, from the time my mom passed away. My dad died two years later and then my brother yeah, died true. two years later. True. And it was, but yes. even with, and with the divorce and then the finalizing my brother's estate, it was actually almost a 10 year time span. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started yeah. to realize how out of whack and out of balance I was after my dad died before my brother died so it was in that yeah, two-year time okay. span I started yeah, to kind yeah. of realize things were not quite right <laughs> and what did that look like for you um really 
my blood pressure shot up. Um, okay. I, it, it, you couldn't tell on the outside that it was happening mm. because it was yeah. all internal. So I took all of my feelings and I shoved them into my gut. So okay. I was having yeah. problems with like the, like that anxious flutter in the belly. Yep. was yep. constant. It was a yep. c- constant companion. Yeah. Um, so I had that going on. Um, and then I just, my snap, I'm usually, or I, prior to all of this, I'd been a fairly even person emotionally. Yeah. But it was really easy for me to turn quickly. Yeah. So the, that emotional regulation was really out of balance. And so I would snap pretty quick. My, Mm. my zero to 60 magnet was pretty fast. <laughs> How much uh, were you going through perimenopause as well at this stage? Do you feel? Um, no, I'm actually no. kind of going through that now. You're going through that now. Yeah. Cause I was wondering, no. that sounds like perimenopause too. <laughs> no. Complicated by grief. Yes. <laughs> Let's just throw it all in a bucket Let's together. Throw it all in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I wasn't going through that, but I know Mm. there was some hormones were out of balance as well. They had to have been like, they had to, I mean, love God. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I was just a mess. (laughs) Yeah. I was a mess. Mess. And, um, so at that point, and it was after my brother died. So I had been, um, powerlifting and I would go to the gym after work. It was great therapy while my parents were ill. Um, it honestly saved me for a while, but it was starting to actually add to my anxiety instead of take away. So I would go to the gym and all the racks would be full. And I had this, you know, hour carved out to go work out, but I couldn't because there was nothing that I could do because people were there and I'd go to the top of the stairs and I'd look and I'd see the guys that were working out and I'd just turn around and walk out. Walk out. Yeah. Um, And it was just, it was really frustrating. And I started to see a friend of mine who was an energy healer. Yeah. And she said, Paige, you should probably try something a little more slow, like yoga. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. And I had been, yoga had been in and out of my life for years. Yeah. Um, So it wasn't something new for me. I took my first yoga class um, as a college student. I took a yoga as a PE credit. Um, and had practiced in various forms for on and off for many years. Yeah. And I was like, oh yeah. And right about that time, my school partnered with a local yoga studio and they were offering Mm. discounted classes and that place became my haven. Yeah. It became my safe space. That teacher was still is like, she changed my life. Yeah. In the way that she yeah. offered classes, in the way that she taught, it was very different from this go workout kind of yoga. Yes, no, I, I've done this... yoga has been part of my life all all the time too. And Yin Yin yoga is my. It's not. It's not the yeah yeah moving hot the uh, the whole thing. No, it's very slow, very purposeful, yes. and yeah. I'm Yin certified, yep. so the tears that come flooding when you right. get into a particular uh, uh, re- uh, releasing pose is um, 
quite profound, really. It can be. Yeah. yeah. You can even get yeah. that in a faster pace. True. I do, I do True. kind of a slow flow Hatha yoga is what most of my classes are. I like are. that. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But like that, too. that, that connection to myself had been lost yeah. in that time yeah. period. Like I was just starting to rediscover it and then I, it, like it was gone. Yeah. And you, so you do, when do, I started do, do, do my caring mind again. Yeah. 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 So when I started going um to yoga classes, it was rediscovered. And beautiful. this was just this beautiful space where I got to come and be and I could bring all of the ick and I could move through all of the ick. Yeah. Um and she and I sat had multiple conversations and she's the reason I did yeah. a yoga teacher training because she's like, Paige, you should do this. Yeah. Um, and you should do mine, but I ended up not doing hers because she oh, okay. did and some other things happened oh. and it ended up going away. Um, yeah. but I found the company that uh, I trained with and yeah. um, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire right. life and just yeah. continue to grow as a practitioner and a student yeah. Yeah. Um, to be able to offer different things to my students. Um, yeah. My teacher, I, I teased her because I did her 200 hour and then I did her 300 hour and then she did a children's and then she did a yin. <laughs> I just yeah. did a restorative. I'm in a class called becoming the guide right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing a meditation certificate. Like oh, she just beautiful. offering different things. And just going, and yes, I'll have that. I'll have I'm like, that. yeah, yes, just you. give me all of the things. Thank you. Yeah. All the things. Introduction. I do. <laughs> I've done an introduction to Kundalini training, which was really cool. Oh, uh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. Mm. I, she's gonna, I think she's got a Kundalini one and maybe a Kundalini two coming out this year. Um, she's hinted at a Kundalini one. So I'm super excited about that. Ooh. I've got some um, Reiki training in the background that I, 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 it's, it's been paused, but that's something that I'm, and I like the idea of meditation training as well. And the oh, the meditation gosh. training. I mean, you do it. Fabulous. I do it as a practitioner, but yeah. So how fit do you have to be? Huh? This is coming from how to to be a yoga teacher. How fit? Because I totally put my hand up and say, physical body that's been um, through the ringer uh, probably don't have the fitness at this point, maybe to do. You don't. Yoga as a teacher I, I, training. I'm, Do you I'm need not, that? No. No? No. Ugh. Yoga is more about the mind than the body. But it true. True. It's more about it's it is. Yeah. It's more about the mind than the body. And it's it's about fitness and flexibility of the mind because yeah. the body can take whatever shape you want it to take. Like it doesn't have to be the shape that the teacher does. True. So, but being, be... but being, but being a teacher, do do you do you feel it? If you were to be to be the yoga teacher, do you need to have a certain level of? I don't think so. I think you, you need think to be so. able to do what you teach. Yeah. Yeah. So as long as you can do what you're teaching, you're fine. Although I have, there's a couple of postures that I can't do, but I can yeah. teach it. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, because you're there to guide others and support others in what right. they're 
do it. Yeah, I have a I have a private client that I've been working with for a couple of years. He's a he's a 14 year old boy, Aww. high functioning autism spectrum, and he's the neatest kid. Aww. I love him dearly. And he wants a challenge sometimes. And so I'm like, yeah. okay, well, we can get into like, I understand the pragmatics of where the body needs to be to do like some arm balances and some other things. I can't, I don't have, I can't yeah. say that. I, I, it, it's, I'm not practiced enough yet it, to, do yeah. that, to do them myself, but yes, I have the ability to teach, teach you how to get into how that to do pose. it. Or at least be able to build to the point where you can go into that pose. Like, yeah. So yeah. we can begin to work toward some of these poses. Um, but I can't necessarily do them myself. I can yeah. get close. Like I'm in position to get it, but I've just haven't quite gotten it yet. Gotten there yet. Yeah. And, and some and of I, it and, for and me I, is yeah. more a practice. Yeah. Because I don't practice those poses. Like it's not yeah, in yeah, fair, my fair enough. realm of I have to do this. No, um, well, we're all called to our own practice, right? Energetically, for what we need it for. So it just may right. not be and a lately center. My practice has just been meditation and breath. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. not standing on your head or something right. necessarily. Yeah. yeah. So I do love a yeah. good headstand, but. I've tried. I've tried. I get, I get, uh, yeah, the, it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fear barrier thing. I get, I, I've gotten into position a few times over the years. Uh, That's why it's uh, a mind but, thing. Uh, but getting, yeah, getting into, it is, yes, that and big boobs that feel like they are suffocating. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I totally understand. See, no one tells you, I mean, like, I mean, you know, the stereotypical Instagram yoga teacher tends to be a waif thin, uh, in her twenties, looking like she's uh, spending her life in Bali or something like that. Um, here's why I'm actually now, so I'm 51 now. I'm, um, I used to in my twenties also be wafting and all the rest of it when I was doing yoga back then. Um, but as as I have come into to, to middle age and menopause and gained weight and all the rest of it, um found myself with my yoga being quite a realizing that I've been very self-competitive with my yoga and my yoga poses and when I couldn't do what I I couldn't make my body do with the same ease what it was capable of doing in my 20s and getting very uh critical of myself mm. because of that um but then uh, coming across, there's another, I suddenly can't say their names. One one yoga teacher's uh, Renee. You can find uh, her her on YouTube. She's um, that big women in bigger bodies. The yoga teachers. Yes. I'm a bigger body and, too. And it, and this joy. Uh, I think one of the most profound things uh, that that I I've learned in this coming coming into learning how to move my differently shaped body uh, uh, now in, in my 50s uh, was realizing how unkind I was being to my body. Yes. My stomach in particular. So our creative yes. engine space and, and, and how annoyed at, at my stomach and my body because uh, certain bending poses 
weren't as comfortable to do. Mm-hmm. And this particular yoga teacher was saying, um, you are allowed to actually use props. You oh, are I'm huge. You know, like it's props. not a sign of failure. You know, see, I came up through yoga where it's like, you try and do everything needs to be without a prop. Everything needs to be perfect. Everything your body needs to be in that. And, 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 and it never dawned on me that I'm actually, that it's not a sign of failure, that one is actually allowed mm. to use a prop. And to remind to, to, to gently, like that you're allowed to also lift your flesh yes. with kindness and move it out of the way. Can like, I can I share a story about one of please. my clients? <laughs> that is so profound. So I have this beautiful client who is in a bigger body. Yeah. And she was grabbing her stomach and you could see this like grimace on her face. And yes. she was like moving it around and doing yes. this. And, and, yes. and, and she was like angry and frustrated. And I stopped yep. her and I said, yeah. You really should be kind to yourself. And she was like, what? And I'm like, the yeah. way you're moving, it's good that you're moving your flesh. Like, yes, yeah. you should be moving your body around to kind of help you get into the position it's that you want position. to get into. Yeah. Absolutely fine. Not a problem at all. But the way you're moving your body and the yeah. way you're, it's like you're angry at it. And she was like, I had no idea. Yeah. No idea that I was like moving it in that way. And so, you know, just thoughtful care. It's like this invitation to look at yourself in a different way through a different lens and show yourself some loving kindness. And you don't have to do things. Your shape doesn't look like everybody else's shape. Everybody else's shape. And that's okay. Okay. Your shape is different because your shape is based on what your body can do yeah yeah and so I you do have feel to work that, yeah the, 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 you the, have the, to the work yoga. with your body and not against it oh exactly it is just oh it's so profound and I know that when I had that uh exact realization that you're talking about yeah I, I actually why well, I burst into tears I was oh, practicing yeah. on my own I just like burst into tears when I had the realization of what the heck am I doing um and so I, I just I I sat uh for a good half an hour just li- just just actually allowing my, my my hands to hold my stomach and cradle it. Mm, that's so beautiful. And sort of did a meditation around, you know, the sacral chakra and and mm-hmm. a heart space and breathing into those spaces while yeah, cradling my stomach and allowing for it to be in my hands because I'd realised I'd never actually allow, like, yeah, you'd flinching, the flinching as you Mm -hmm. run, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was, like, flinching and grimacing. Yeah, 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 and grabbing and shoving and, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and it it wasn't, and 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 she's one of those people, like, she shows others so much loving kindness. Yes, yes. So much loving kindness. It's like, oh, honey, you need to show that to yourself too. And she was like, oh my, it was just such a realization. It is. No, it well. is. It is. It is a profound shock uh, it's to, 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 to really see that, um, what we're doing. Yeah. 
I when I, I know for myself, when I was going through yoga teacher training, we yeah. did 50 million sun salutations one day because we were practicing sun salutations and then practicing yes. how to keep it wasn't 50 million. That's like a little bit. I was going to say, that's a It felt like 50 million. <laughs> I was having, I was having a shoulder issue. And so I just struggling to lower myself to the floor. Oh, no, God. Not Three even, in a row not feels even like 50 million. Yeah, it felt like 50, like it was horrible. Well, and yeah. we had had practice yeah. that morning and yeah. practice was like long. And I think practice that day was like a lot of sun salutations. And then yeah. we did lecture and then we come into our our posture segment where we're yeah. learning the different postures and learning how to cue them. And it's sun salutations. We They broke us into groups and I get in with yeah. my partner and I start sobbing. Oh, because I yeah. can't physically do another sun salutation. No, like, it's just not in me. <laughs> and my sweet partner was so kind. And she's like, okay, what do you need? And I'm like, can we just talk through it? I can't physically do this anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And and there, there are those. And I found that when I was going through yoga teacher training, there were occasionally those barriers where I was like, my body just isn't doing this. And so I made the decision that I was going to yeah. be there for that practice. Yeah. But I may not necessarily be doing what everybody else is doing. And that's okay. I might curl up to, into child's pose and cry. Yeah. I did that a few times. I ended up on yep. my back in corpse pose way yeah. before they got there. And yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And that's and okay. So I yeah. invite my clients, when they come to class with me, when you come into a space with me, this is your space. This is your time. This is your practice. If it doesn't feel right in your body, don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah. If you need to take time and just be present with us and be with community and people who love and understand you and understand that you're experiencing grief, but you're going to curl up in child's pose and cry, do it. Yeah. Yeah. We are here for it. We are here for you. We love you. You know, it's just so important to realize that because I'm just sort of thinking all the other kind of exercise classes, all those you sort of see see videos of say the Peloton or something, and you're being screamed at, just keep going, keep going, ignore the pain, ignore this, just keep going, move, 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 keep up with everyone else. And we if we're taking that into our yoga class uh, or, or meditation or frankly anything in life, it's just not the right energy. Yeah, and to sometimes. Have. Sometimes we just need that time and space to be with community and to be with others that understand yeah. and get it and cry or yeah. scream or just be present and not have to do anything. Now, Fall asleep. It, How many times right? have I fallen and gone in uh, sannyasana and, and fall, fall, fallen asleep? <laughs> the way through the whole class. Someone's gently tapping you on the shoulders. <laughs> I've had I've had a couple of clients. I had one of my virtual clients fell asleep one time and I was like, how am I gonna wake her up? So I grabbed my um singing bowl and I dinged it like really hard and it like jolted her awake. And I was like, Oh, I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> oh, because that's what our body needed. Most of us are walking and, around totally exhausted, you know. Right. And coming into this with just showing yourself. Yeah. loving kindness yeah these practices and this these techniques are a gift for you yeah 
yeah to use in whatever way you need for you yeah I'm a guide I have suggestions you don't have to listen to me to listen to them yeah listen to you and it's and to an invitation that... to go deeper within yourself yeah and I can see how this mindset and way of being segueing back into and wrapping up our discussion on grief. I can see how yoga was instrumental for you in mm -hmm. helping to heal from your grief. As we wrap this discussion up and, and pulling it, pulling all the strings together, what would be one or, or, or two final uh, insights that you would like to share with our listeners in navigating the variety of losses in our life, be it death or divorce or not getting the thing that we were hoping to, to have in our life, not planning, working out the way we'd like hope. Like not turning out the would, way we wanted Which to. is pretty much, you know. All of the time. Yeah, like everything. All of the yeah. time. All of the things. All of the things. Because <laughs> grief has many, many faces oh. it does it has so many faces and so many forms um a couple of things I would say number one don't be afraid of grief yeah it seems like this deep dark horrible beast yeah but it's really not it's yeah. really just that disconnect of well this is what I wanted but this is what happened yeah um and and just knowing that the deepest grief is always going to be there. You don't really heal grief. You actually Thank actualize you. Yeah. and assimilate it into your life and in your world and you grow around it. Yeah. You accept it yeah. and find a way to use it. Yeah. Grief is a call to live. It is. Yeah. It's it's a call to look at your life and see what is out of sync and what needs to come yeah. back into alignment with you so that you can truly live your best, most beautiful life. <sighs> yeah, it is. Say what needs to be said to those that are still around. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And for those that may have passed that we didn't say the things to that we'd like to, we can still say the things to them. Absolutely. Even if they aren't physically here to respond. Yeah. Forgiveness uh, isn't about them or their yeah. acknowledgement. It's about you. Yeah. Yeah. And finding what lights you up. Yeah. And making sure that those things are a part of your life every day in some way, shape, or form. Mm. So important. Yeah. Because one of the things that I found is that I had been, I was on the hamster wheel. Yeah. And I was just going through the motions and I wasn't really living and I wasn't really experiencing all that was to experience. Whether yeah. it be, I mean, we still have to do the things in everyday life, right? We still have to do the dishes. We still have to go to the grocery store, still have to yeah. do laundry. Like we still have to nourish and feed ourselves. Like those are things that we have to do, but we yeah. can do them in a way 
that gives us that there that there is that there is joy. Like I dance in the kitchen. Yeah. When I cook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you play music that just sings to me. Yeah. And and finding ways to enjoy all of that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And stepping outside maybe our comfort zone and finding things in other ways. Like um, I've had a really rough school year and yeah. um it ended well, it actually ends tomorrow, but it yeah. ended um with kids on Friday and then the kids graduated yesterday. Yeah. And um so I teach high school. And yeah. um last night I was so tired. And I had plans to meet friends out at an outdoor concert. Yeah. And I drug my feet. I was like, I don't know who that I want to go. And I went and I was like, this is exactly what I needed. Exactly what you needed. It was so much fun. And we danced and we sang and we ate good food and we laughed and we talked. And it was, yeah, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. And so yeah. even finding those little fun things of your, your, have your tribe of friends who, yeah. you know, support you and love you and you can go play with and adding play into life. Yeah. And learning new things, taking yeah. on you. Because we're so serious all of the time that we yeah. need yeah. play. We need play and learning. We do. We do. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Paige, for joining us oh, today it was and sharing with us the, the journey through through grief and being on the other side of it and using it to keep us mindful of living in the present. So thank you so much for Thank you that so much today. for having me. It's been such a joy to Pleasure. be here with you. Thank you. Thank you, Crone listeners, and join us next week for another episode in Finding Joy in Midlife and Beyond. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye.